This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone, it's episode 68 of Internet Marketing and uh, it is, it is um, news and tools today yes, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I have with me Mr. Kelvin Newman. We are on our own today, but a bit of a strange um, um, sort of a situation today because uh, I don't know if you know, but Kelvin is expecting his first child any day now. Any moment. Well, by the time this is published, I would most sincerely hope that um, the too. baby has arrived by then. But yes. So um, he's going to be a father for the first time. So if any of our listeners have got any tips for a first time father... I'm sure Calvin would be delighted to hear them, especially if they're kind of like by racing at remote control cars, you know, um, you know, get bikes that you know are suitable for kids, but also yeah. you can do all that kind of thing, you know, presents for babies that are really presents for you. That, that That's one, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he must have a scale electrics yeah. and uh, an iPhone and all sorts yeah. of bits. And Even if it's a girl and doesn't like that kind of thing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so he's sitting here with his catcher's mitt. We're also Danless because Dan is on Planet Internet World, isn't he? Yeah, he's along uh, at the conference up in London um, today, which will help you work out if you want to be clever about when we're recording this. Dan was going to join us on Skype, but unfortunately his hotel's Wi-Fi connection is very flaky. So um, yeah. he's we can kind of just get one word out of five out of him, which unfortunately wouldn't be very good for the, the listeners. So yeah, Dan's with us in spirit, but not actually here today. But he's said to mention... Um, if you're interested in what he was up to at Internet World, he's going to be um, sharing his presentation slides on his Twitter account. Um, so you can follow him. His Twitter username is Daniel Rouse, all one word there. Um, worth mentioning as well, if you want to follow me and Andy, um, our Twitter username is mine's just Kelvin Newman, all one word, and yours is Dr. Pod. Is Dr. Pod. Doctor spelled out fully. Doctor. Yep. So, uh, Internet World, that's just next door to Pandora, isn't it? Where there's big, tall, blue people. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know who lives on Internet World, but I think they're probably a little bit geeky. <laughs> Actually, all serious. Where is it? It's, it's obviously in the UK. I think it's Earl's Court. Earl's Court. Yes, right. yes. Okay, today's show, um, we've got five topics to cover. Uh, Google phasing out keyword tool. Uh, talk about WordTree, WordStream even, which is a, a new keyword research service. Um, I love this one, iPhone uh, G, uh, 4G found in a pub. That's a juicy one. Uh, Prezi, which is some presentation software, and Wordle, which uh, does tag clouds. Let's look at that first one, Kelvin. Uh, Google, phasing out the keywords. So yeah. What is this all about? Basically, um, I've always been a big advocate of using Google's internal keyword research tools. And I know a couple of weeks ago when we were talking um, about finding niche keywords around the world, I always recommended Google's tool. Well, they've currently always had two keyword tools since about probably middle of last year, two tools which essentially had very similar functionality yeah. um, running at the same time. And they're kind of a bit confusing because they're both called um, the keyword tool. Um, yeah, but did, did it ever have a proper name? Yeah, not really, no. Was it just Google's keyword tool? Yeah, so right. there was the one that's known as Google's external keyword tool, which is the old one. Um, that one's in the process of being phased out. So at the moment, if you go to that tool, sometimes they will redirect you to the new one, which is known as the search keyword tool. Okay. So a very confusing. One's external keyword tool and one's search keyword tool. Um, I'll put the links to both in the show notes below. Um, but the original one, the external keyword tool, which is the one I tend to recommend and in previous shows where I've linked through to the Google's keyword tool, that's been the one I've linked through to. The search keyword tool relies on very much the same data. So it's not hugely different, but it is a different um, user experience and user interface on top of it. It's a little bit more flashy, but actually in maybe I'm getting a little bit old fashioned here. I preferred the older one, um, but the data's still there and you can do everything you can do in the other one, but the search keyword tool is a little bit more whizzy, if you know what I mean. So they're just basically 
charted up the user interface. Yeah, reskinned it. I think okay. there's slightly different data under the, the skin there, but you're still relying on Google's mm. data and the numbers will be different. But in all the tests I've done, the relative popularity of keywords has been the same. So it might say, um, you know, 2,000 people search for monkey every day mm. on one and 2,020 on the other one. But if you search for monkey haircut, you know, both would say it was less. Or, you know, yeah, the, the yeah. relative... The relative numbers are, are very similar on them there. So a bit of a shame there, but tends to be the way when you've got these two tools running concurrently, it seems strange if they would have kept both running for a long period of time. So they've switched to the new one, which is known as the search keyword tool. Now, keyword research, of course, extremely important. I remember in the good old bad old days of the the early internet marketing yeah. episodes, we always used to recommend uh, NicheBot. Now, do you think this Google is better than NicheBot? Um, well, I mean, yeah, we mentioned in the in the, the last um, Q&A show uh, a couple of tools that are out there. Um, NicheBot being one, SpyFu, um, Keyword Spy, Go- um, Word Tracker is the main sort of paid for. Yeah, that tool. was always the, big, yeah, the yeah. big sort of eight hundred pound gorilla, wasn't it? Yeah, so they're all still really good and all have their different pros and cons. I tend to always go to Google's first because I tend to think that their data is probably the most reliable. But you have to bear in mind that they've always got an ulterior motive, which is to get you to spend money on pay per click. So it's always kind of pushing you towards that kind of thing. Um, so I, I would still. I'd still, my first recommendation would always be um, Google AdWords tool. But actually, that comes on quite nicely to the next tool I was mm. hoping to talk about, which was a fairly new tool called WordStream, um, which is a paid-for keyword tool, but they have some nice free keyword tools off the back of that. So if you want to choose what keywords you should be mentioning in your title tags, or if you want to decide what blog post you should be writing because you want to target search engine traffic in that way, it's good to have a look at a keyword tool. And WordStream is a new one, gives a slightly different perspective to to Google AdWords. And they've got some free ones. And interestingly, they've got a tool called Niche Keyword Tool, which Mm. is quite good for those if you're looking for interesting new terms to target there. So they've been doing a lot of blogging and they've got some nice blog posts they're doing to promote themselves at the moment. So that's how I've come across them because they've been writing some interesting SEO stuff. But WordStream, I think it's wordstream.com. I'll include um, a link in the show notes. An interesting tool there to have a play about with if you kind of just want to try something new out. Because I'm a big fan of these. There's new tools launched every day online in you know internet marketing that can help you in various different ways, shapes and forms. Not all of them are always going to be ones you come back to on a day-to-day basis. But it's sometimes good to have a look at some new tools because it might give you a new perspective on what you're doing. Now, um, where does Wordstream get their data from? Is it from Google? Um, I'm not or absolutely Yahoo certain um, on that one. I, it tends to, that tends to be the problem with the tools that aren't Google. Like the yes. problem with WordTracker always this was. This is where I was going. You yeah, see. They, they pulled their data from ISPs that they had a relationship with. And that was bad in the UK and outside the States because it was very American-centric. So, it, you know, it was no good for doing UK keyword research, except they now do pull some from the UK. That's always the flaw in any of these keyword tools is where they pull their data from because quite often they use a very small sample size and extrapolate from that. Yeah, yeah. And anyone who knows anything about statistics knows how dangerous that can be. So if you just get, you know, you're using a sample of 100 internet users and one person is really into a particular type of phrase and then that gets expanded out to say there's millions of people looking for it when actually it was just kind of one chap in his bedroom, you know, really keen on a particular search term. <laughs> now the next item, I mean, I mean, let me set the scene. You're yeah. in a pub. And you, you just look down on the seat, and there's a weird-looking iPhone, and you pick it up, and it dawns on you slowly that this is one of the new generation 4G iPhones, and somebody has obviously just left it. Have I got this right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like discovering an alien or something. Yeah, in yeah. Well, the, the story goes, and this is how it goes: that um, there was a chap in a bar, like a fancy export beer bar in um, in California, noticed the person next to him had left behind his iPhone. 
He goes and asks a few people round about, is this your iPhone? No, no, no. Asks at the bar and it's not. And it slowly dawns on him that this iPhone, which is in a case, looks a little bit different to the iPhones he's used to because mm. it's got a camera on the front. And he starts to think, okay, well, what's this? Then proceeds to take it out of the case and it is a different iPhone, which it now transpires, it appears, almost certainly, is the new fourth generation of the iPhone. Now, it gets interesting here for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, it's a leak, it's brilliant. The, you know, everyone wants to know about Google's new, um, sorry, Apple's new tools. This, this does sound like a plot to a movie, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But what transpires was the person then tries to use it, notices the software is a little bit different to the usual version as well, and then just plays with it a little while, and eventually it bricks. He can't use it anymore. So he tries to, in the intervening period of time, he went on the, you know, the Facebook app and managed to work out who it was who owned the iPhone. It was an engineer called Gray something um, within Apple. The next day, apparently, tries to call them, says, I've got your iPhone, can you get in contact? None of them return his phone calls. So after a couple of weeks, he decides and get in contact, I don't know who contacted who, but gets in contact with Gorka Media's Gizmodo blog, so one mm. of the biggest gadget blogs in the world. Money changes hands for the phone. They then sit on it for a while, take some photos of it, you know, play about with it. And then release this as an exclusive that they've got the you know the footage of this brand new iPhone that's not available. So great, interesting story there from that point of view. But how does this fit in with internet marketing? Well, what is now transpiring is that um, Apple have, are really not very happy about this. Mm. Um, so what they're they're taking criminal proceedings now oh, against right, Gizmodo okay. for kind of handling stolen goods and buying stolen goods. So um, Jason... He, he did try and give it back. Well, apparently so, yeah. So, But Jason um, Chen, I think it is, he's the editor of Gizmodo, had his house broken into by the police. They took away all his laptops, all his hard drives and the like there. And Gizmodo are defending themselves, saying that this is kind of a journalistic right, that, you know, if someone's doing invest- investigative journalism, that they're, they have the right to protect their sources and the mm. like there. But um, interesting because Nick Denton, who's the publisher and owner of um, Gorka, makes a big fuss about the fact that they're not journalists and anything they do that's journalism, it's by mistake, inverted commas, (laughs) rather than by design. So it's kind of that selective, um, you know, memory there. So interesting to bear in mind that when you're a blogger, you don't necessarily get the same rights that are afforded to you by a journalist in a lot of cases. So This is in America, isn't it? Yeah, this is in America and the, the, the rules will vary everywhere. But it's worth remembering that, you know, when you're publishing things on your blog, you've got to be aware that there are repercussions of that. Mm, yeah. So if you're, um, you know, libeling someone or revealing, breaking a non-disclosure agreement, you can get in trouble for that. Interesting story. I still reckon it's a film, it's a film plot. I still reckon it's viral marketing. For yeah, that or, that or it's just kind of Apple are actually then going to bring out a super duper amazing one. But it, it shows that you can't keep anything a secret online nowadays. So if someone finds something like that, it's not like they're just going to sit on it and nothing will happen. Mm. Instantly, they're taking pictures of it, they're sharing it on Twitter, they're blogging about it, they're doing all these things. Pretzy. It sounds like something you eat while you're watching a film, a little brown thing from the bag. <laughs> That's a pretzel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is, yeah, Prezi. Um, oh, sorry, Prezi. Prezi. It's P-R-E-Z-I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and everyone will know that I'm a big fan of using presentations to market your business, particularly if you're B2B, but it can work if you're B2C, if you've kind of got a comple- complex product you know, service or... Yeah, you know, product. Good words this morning. Yeah, 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 I can't speak properly. But if you've got a complex product that you need to demonstrate in some way, a presentation can sometimes be a good way of doing that. So screencasts can work quite well. 
or demo software or whatever it is. But sometimes the presentation can work quite well. And PowerPoint, as much as I love it, is very static. So it's kind of image and text followed by image and text followed by image and text. Sure. You can play about with the animation, um, but normally it ends up looking rubbish. Um, you've got Keynote on the Mac, which is a little bit better, but only really because it uses nicer fonts, not because it actually does anything any more clever. Now, I like it. <laughs> well, Prezi um, is a new tool. Well, I say new tool. It's been around for a year or so. Um, but it's starting to really get some get some use now. And Prezi is a kind of online presentation creation tool that allows you to kind of zoom in on... If you imagine you've got a huge, great big sheet of a... You know, the biggest sheet of paper that you can find. Okay. And you draw a mind map on it. Oh, and I like that mind can, maps. And that can explain how all these things connect and fit together. That's actually quite good for a presentation, but PowerPoint doesn't really allow you to do it. Whereas what Prezi will do is it will take that big version allow you to zoom in on one area, talk about that, zoom in again on another bit off the back of oh, that, like and then that. zoom back out and go to another area. And yeah, it's really good. I've played about with it. It's a little bit difficult to get your head around. It's not as intuitive as it should be, but it can work really well. So if you want to demonstrate what your product or service is about, and a mind map is a good way of doing that, yeah, Prezi definitely. is a really good way of taking that mind map and sharing it around on the internet. Hang on, let me get this right. First of all, is Prezi a web-based system? Yeah, it's it a web-based, web-based application, okay. and you can then, it kind of generates like a flash file off the back of it. Okay, so, so basically, then, yeah. it lets you create a, sort of like a mind map type um, diagram, does it? Yeah, okay. which you can then zoom in on. So say okay. you've got your mind map in the middle, and it's kind of internet marketing. And then yeah. off that, we've got SEO, pay-per-click, but email marketing. But here's the rub. This is what would be really useful. Mm. Does it let you create this? And then can you kind of... Make it make a film of you zooming into different yeah, areas yeah. while you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really good. Um, I'm not sure whether... So you can it, whack it on a website. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not absolutely certain whether off the bat you can add the audio to it, but you can definitely create the video. Okay. And then you could then go down the screencasting angle. So you use um, ScreenFlow or Camtasia or, or oh, Jing like or any that's, of those ones nice, that yeah. allow you to record your screen. Yeah. You plug your microphone in and you do so all you your recording do. there. And does it let you stick photos to it and things like that? Yeah, yeah. It's it. Once you're on there, it can kind of pull anything in. So you can have text in mm. whatever format you want. You can have images, you can have diagrams, you can have oh, graphs. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of, it takes... Um, presentations from being a sequential one line square followed by square followed by square. Yeah, to more of a two-dimensional thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and for a lot of people, they don't think in that kind of sequential way. You kind of think in the connections between mm. between topics. Imagine if you could do it in three dimensions. Oh, that would be very spacey and Ooh. minority report style, wouldn't it? It would be, would it? Wordle. Sorry, had we finished talking about pet, yeah, no, pet no, Prezi? Yeah. Wordle. W-O-R-D-L-E. Yeah. Now, we're having a discussion earlier about this, weren't we, Andy? Because I'm not a big fan of tag clouds, generally. And you were saying that you kind of like them. Um, I, I think they're kind of cool, especially mm. the ones... Uh, there's a, I don't know if you're familiar. There's a podcast I listen to called Mysterious Universe. Mm-hmm. And their website is mysteriousuniverse.org. It's all about the paranormal and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, they have a lovely tag, tag cloud on their website. Yeah. And it's like a sort of three-dimensional rotating sort of sphere of words. Yeah. Well, this is kind of similar. It's kind of a really nice way of taking some text that you've got on your site and analysing it to see themes about repetition of words. So basically what you can do is you go to wordle.com um, and I'll drop a link in below like I always do. And um, you can either cut and paste in like a you know paragraphs of text from a Word document or the like, um, put in a URL or put in kind of an RSS feed. And it will then quickly analyze all the text that you've got there and then do some assessments about how frequently you um, you repeat words. So ah. I did it earlier for the site. Hang on, site. so this is more than just a tech cloud? 
Yeah, so it does it in the it does it on the analysis there, and then presents it in a really, really beautiful and designed also, way. It, it creates the tag cloud for yeah. you without you having to create it explicitly. Yeah, so this isn't like it doesn't update itself. This is kind of you know like the best tag cloud you put in your sidebar, and it updates every time you do this. This is more right. for a kind of one off. Oh, so type. you run the process yeah. once, and it yeah. analyzes all your yeah. words. Yeah. So I did that for the site viz site and the internet marketing podcast channel of that and yeah the biggest words were podcast then impc then yeah. listen then itunes then you know google and all the all mm. the like there but it kind of weights them so the bigger the word the more frequently oh, they're mentioned nice. and it you can change the fonts you can change the color and i'll, I'll include as the image to this one the the, the, the capture of um our our site there so you can okay. see what it looks like when people were viewing this but yeah it's quite good if you're trying to represent what something talks about visually so this one's probably less one for you know if you've got um you know a product you're trying to sell but if you've kind of got a service and you're trying to say to your client because i know a lot of agencies listen to this and you're trying to say to your clients okay we think you should be doing some social media here are the blogs we think you should contact so say you've got 20 blogs you're trying to demonstrate to your client that you should be contacting yeah you could put them into um into wordle and it would show you what they're about so then rather than saying okay, here's website X. It talks a bit about this. It talks a bit about that. You could take this Wordle, put it in a presentation, and very quickly people would understand what that website's about in a visual way. Again, Kelvin, is this web-based or yeah, something you download and use web-based, it? It's a yeah. web-based system. Yeah, it does seem to be at the moment that um, you can't download anything. No programs are downloadable anymore. They're all very much operate within the browser which i think is probably a good thing it's part of this kind of cloud development isn't it where you can yeah. use anything on any computer anywhere which i think is generally very good but it does then mean that you're very reticent to ever download anything i know i now kind of go oh, well why couldn't that just work in the browser when you know people want to download something but it does still work i mean i'm a big big fan of spotify um which is actually going yeah. gone quite social now over the last couple of weeks mm. um and yeah, that's a download application. That's very strange to actually download a program nowadays. You kind of just expect everything to be done in the browser. We'll talk about Spotify in a second, actually. But just before we do, I just want to drill down a little bit into Wordle. How does it work? Do you sort of point it at a website and it looks at all the text? Yeah. So when you go there and it's you kind of create your tag cloud, it gives you, like I say, the three options. So you can either cut and paste. It's a big text box where you can cut and paste some text in or cut and paste in a URL of a website or right. a URL of a feed. Okay. And then it kind of does a little bit of JavaScript and then comes back with a nice little image that you can then save as a JPEG and upload to, to wherever you want to do or put it in a presentation or So, so do, 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 I'm trying to work out, do you end up embedding a piece of JavaScript into your website, which becomes the tag cloud? Or is yeah, it still- I mean, it's not, like I say, it's more kind of a one-off one than yeah. a kind of one you would use on a day-by-day basis that okay. you embed into your site. So it's probably better for that kind of, um, if you want to show someone what a, what a page is about also interesting looking at it from an seo point of view because if you just put in your web page so you go, go to go and put in your home page so it's like mybusiness.com and drop in your page there those words that are biggest should also be your keywords yeah yeah um and so if you do that for yourself you can say okay well that doesn't act, i don't actually think that that matches up with my keywords and you can do it for your competitors and see if they're mm. featuring other keywords more frequently you can normally do that by reading but again if you're the kind of person who you know, kind of rather than a text-based kind of way of thinking, you're more a visual, um, you know, you visualize things rather than um, kind of hear them. And you know all the different brain types you get. If you're a visual yeah. person, this can be a great way to visualize textual content. Um, just before we we end up, because we are at about 20 minutes, um, I haven't used Spotify for ages. I actually downloaded it ages ago yeah. on my Mac. 
I thought, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. I haven't really played with it. What's what's all this about it going a bit more social? Like, what yeah, you do? well, I mean, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Spotify. And mm. if you've not come across it before, Spotify is a program that you download to your computer. And it allows you to search music like you would on iTunes. But rather than pay for each one, you just pre- hit play and it'll play. A bit like a radio station. Yeah, like a radio station. But, but also, you choose the music. Yeah, you choose the music. And um, so I could type in and go, type in and put in status quo and status quo come up or I could type in and put MGMT and they'd come up as well um, so it's brilliant there and the way that it, it makes money is by selling adverts so every 10 songs or so yeah, you'll you get, get an ad, advert don't you? Yeah. Yeah. less frequently than you would on a normal commercial radio station but the adverts tend to not vary very much and are generally a little bit annoying but mm. if you bear in mind that you're getting quite a lot for free it's very good They've then also got a premium service where you pay a bit more and then you don't get the adverts mm. and you get some other functionality as well. So you can get like the iPhone app. So um, very good for that kind of reason. So, I mean, just to demo now just how quickly and easy it is. This will now all go horribly wrong. Oh, he's getting his demonst- iPhone out. Demonstrate it. So the iPhone application is amazing. So um, He's got two iPhones. Yeah, why you've got I'm a two iPhones? Two coming. iPhone, man. That's how cool I am. They're in the same pocket as well. They yeah. rub together and scratch each other. I've got cracks in one of them. Oh, but that, dear, dear my, my work He's, he's so, launching some sort of app. Yeah, okay. So we'll talk quickly now amongst ourselves. I'm not connected to Andy's Wi-Fi here. so it'll, <laughs> We don't have a Wi-Fi here. No, nah, well, there you go. We're very so, security conscious. I have to say that the um, Spotify app on the iPhone, and you can get it for Android phones as well, takes a little bit of a while to load up. This is this where we'll get that horrible noise on the... Ah, that might well Only if you're using Edge. Apparently, if you're using 3G, it doesn't matter. Okay. Ooh. So that was just what I was listening to. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, but we better not put it near the mic because otherwise yeah. we'll we'll because there's a new law that's just uh, been okay. passed in the UK. We'll probably be sued. Stop <laughs> playing. Okay, but literally, like I could then go to search. Um, name an artist for me, Andy. Uh, John Anderson. Okay, is that with an H? It's pretty obscure. John, no, J O N. Okay, <laughs> that's put him on the spot. Is a bit. It's obscure. now I can't type, but okay. <laughs> So I'm hitting search here. Bear in mind, I'm on a slow 3G connection here. And what this done... Okay, so I've got John Anson here. I've searched for him. Okay, so I've got an album, Reason to Live. That'll do me. Yep. And I'll play the song, Reason to Live. Yeah, that sounds pretty John Anderson-ish. Yep. Anderson-ish. And I've never, heard, I've never heard of that person before. Right, so that's... Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... What's interesting about Spotify is, you know, is from a marketing point of view, that's brilliant just because as a music fan, it's a good application. But if you want to do some marketing with it, the adverts, you can do some really, really clever stuff. And maybe we'll come back to that in the future because a friend of mine is, who works for a, um, a company called Jollywise has done some really interesting stuff promoting films using Spotify. Um, we must cover that. But we'll cover that. It's a whole, whole separate issue on Put that. Put it one. on the list to cover, Kelvin. Right, well, I think that's about it for this week. So... It is goodbye from me, Andy White. And goodbye from me, Calvin Newman. See you next week. All the best. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you if you want to send an email send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three 
01273-256-150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273-256-150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing.